I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Bucks versus the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT versus the kid. Will it feel like a home game for the home team at Raymond James Stadium? Parade down Bayshore, maybe. Or will the Bucks run out of magic? We're... We're breaking down Super Bowl 55, and we'll get a visit from Kansas City Stars' Herbie T.O.P. on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. This segment is brought to you by Marina Bay St. Petersburg, luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Bogusiega Bay. All new construction is available now. Just contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. All right, Steve, in a minute we'll talk to uh, Herbie Teope, who is uh, my counterpart in Kansas City with the Kansas City Star. In fact, he's the other pool reporter. Does not mean we have a pool. Does not mean we dive in it. It's just I'm the only guy at practice for the Bucks. He's the only guy at practice for the Chiefs. And then we file these uh, reports uh, about injuries and the like, which brings us to... Here's the health of this team. Antonio Brown was full. That's right. He was full at practice. He started, went all the way through. Um, and it would appear that unless there's a setback with his knee or some swelling, he will be in the Super Bowl and I would think play a pretty large role in that. So that's not an insignificant thing. I mean, I know he hasn't played in a couple of weeks and Scotty Miller had a really good day, at least on one play against the Green Bay Packers. But if you have a healthy Antonio Brown, to go with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that's sort of a matchup problem for any team, right? And you got Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson behind them. So that's right. Um, you know, it's just one more weapon for Tom Brady to throw the ball to. I mean, there's, you know, so much talk about Kansas City's weapons, and rightfully so. I mean, Tyreek Hill's speed, who, you know, sure. tore up the Bucks back in week 12. Travis Kelsey, you know, right now you're, you've got to put him in one of the greatest tight ends of all time category. Um, you know, looking at some of the numbers and stats he's throwing up, um, you know, so, you know, you know, that Patrick Mahomes has weapons and, and we know that Tom Brady does too. But then when you add Antonio Brown, a healthy Antonio Brown is another weapon. It's just another weapon for Tom Brady to use in a Super Bowl, um, you know, to, to put those points on the board. Cause you know, I don't think this is going to be a low scoring game. No, it would seem that there'll be points. Every time you say that, it ends up being a low-scoring game. But, you know, yep. the thing about Brown, even though he hasn't pra- hasn't played or practiced since when he got hurt against New Orleans, which is several weeks ago, um, this is not like Antonio Brown starting over that we saw, you know, against New Orleans in the first game. He has been uh, a member of this team now for many, many weeks. He has had some, some really good stretches of games. Remember after the bye, I think he had five touchdowns in those four games. So Antonio Brown when healthy and by all indications he is, is, is a, is a big valuable piece of their offense and a guy who, who's somebody they don't have, they don't have a quick twitch receiver. You know, they've got players like Godwin who can be physical and make combat catches. They've got Mike Evans who can get vertical and is, you know, somebody that you can throw jump balls to in the, in the red zone. Uh, so they got Scotty Miller, who is certainly fast, right? 
But the thing about Brown is, is that he's quick in short in short spaces. In other words, if you run a bubble queen, a bubble screen, he may make you miss in a phone booth. You know, he just has that sort of shiftiness to him mm-hmm. and acceleration. So that's a weapon that really doesn't exist unless he's on the field. And um, I expect that he, if he plays, uh, he will play close to a hundred percent. I don't know what the, what exactly it is, but there's no structural damage to the knee, and he looks rested. You know, that's the thing. He's been practicing well enough to uh, to go from limited to full. Uh, they've still got some injuries to deal with. Jordan Whitehead is still wearing a black shirt, which is non-contact. So there's a concern there, obviously, if they don't want him to be jostled around. At some point, he's going to have to test that shoulder before he gets in the game on Sunday. Um, I don't think you want a lot of contact on it, but you want to see if it can hold up. Uh, I still expect Jordan Whitehead to play. That's just me. He's been at practice. He's had a lot of reps. Like I said, there's just no need to hit each other right now, so they're trying to trying to protect him. No no problem with Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, um, he's going to be going with that ankle injury that I think is just about healed. JPP came back. He'd had a, a Veterans Day off. They gave Stevie McClendon a Veterans Day off uh, on uh, Thursday. So for the most part, it's it's a fairly healthy team, although there was one injury added to the list, and that's Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait sort of has a back strain, if you will, um, some stiffness there, and he almost made it through the entire practice. In fact, he did even catch a, a touchdown at the end, but he had to come out for a little while because he was trying to, you know, trying to stretch that back out and just never was able to do it all that well. So he's on the injury list. But other than that, I'm telling you, man, there it's a fairly healthy team to be in week 22. Um, and, you know, getting Vita Vea back obviously was huge. Um, it's unfortunate you don't have O.J. Howard to go with him, but uh, at the end of the day, this is a healthy football team, unlike the Kansas City Chiefs, who have injuries everywhere, particularly on the offensive line. I mean, my goodness, you know, they're they're really grab-bagging it at this point um, with their with their offensive line, and I, I you know, we talked about this this week, and we'll continue to talk about it until they kick the ball off, but I, I this is a part of me really believes that football has not changed all that much over the years. And if you cannot win the line of scrimmage, it's tough to win, even though Mahomes is a, you know, an escape artist and throws, you know, dimes 45 yards downfield when he's running backwards. Um, I still think it's going to be a long day for them if they can't protect a four man rush, you know, which is what we're talking about. And get it, getting Vita Vea back is huge for them because um, you know, him and Sue can prevent the quarterback from stepping up, which will, if you set the edge right, you know, he's going to run into the arms of JPP all night or go the other way and get Shaq Barrett. So um, I think I think they're in really good shape. I just, I can't believe that the Kansas City Chiefs can withstand this many injuries to the offensive line. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the injury situation is a big, big story in this game. And, and it I, is. You know, Vita Vea back, and, and and knowing he played more snaps than we thought he would two weeks ago, yeah, thirty three, which means you've had two weeks since you anticipate he'll be, you know, playing more than that this week, right? Uh, against the Chiefs, you there's know, you, no holding back now. <laughs> well, exactly, but you got that front four of, of Barrett and Sue and Vea and JPP, yeah. Golston, yeah, and you know against an offensive line that's you know we're going to talk to Herbie, but both tackles are out. They're shifting another guy to guard. Right. Uh, Remmers is going from yep. left to uh, right to left guard. Right. Yep. Or tackle, rather. I mean, they're changing up a lot of their offensive line going mm-hmm. into the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that is a that's if the Bucks are going to win this game, it's going to be because that pressure. You know, much like you know, we we you know, it's it's old as football, but if you win the line of scrimmage, you win. Tom Brady's best season ever, the 2007 season, mm-hmm. when they went undefeated. Mm-hmm. Were 18 and 0 going into the Super Bowl, and it was the Giants pass rush that were at yeah. his feet and and on top of him all game long, which is why they lost that game. And the defensive coordinator of that of that unit was Steve Spagnolo, who is yep. now the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, he doesn't have O.C. Umanura and Justin mm-hmm. Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul. Right. Um, but nonetheless, but they have you know, a better offense too. So they really do. Um, they really do. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is everything he's that build up to be, and you know mm-hmm. may someday be in conversations of, you know, one of the greatest of all times. I mean, you know, he definitely seems to have that potential. Well, yeah. um, a little early to talk about that definitively, but, um, you know, and just as, what, third season starting? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the first season he rode the bench behind Alex Smith, so he wasn't playing. Right. Um, no, he, look, he's won a Super Bowl MVP, a league MVP, and he's in his second mm-hmm. Super Bowl in a row. And really he's a coin toss away from maybe going yep. for his third. Just remarkable, yeah. but the Camp Raid injury concerns me a little bit. And it, yeah. it, you know, I mean, Antonio Brown. Look, you've got a a lot of wide receivers, and, and and Antonio Brown can do some different things. So I love that weapon back. But you don't have a lot of depth at tight end. Uh. Uh-uh. You know, without OJ Howard, who hasn't played most of the year, right? Gronkowski's been more of the blocking tight end. And Cameron Brait's been more of a receiving tight end of late. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, are you going to put Tanner Hudson or that's where you're at? You know, you're, you're right there, Anthony O'Claire in, in those in, in those positions, or are you going to end up now having to run more three wide receiver sets, or right. instead, in you know, and in, in how does Gronkowski's role change, and does that affect the protection for Tom Brady? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's a you know, getting Antonio Brown back's great, and, and you wanted him back, but. You know, if Cameron Brake can't go or is struggling, that that's a that could be a huge loss for Tom Brady in that offense. Yeah, and you know, back injuries are tricky, as you know, Steve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be anything from, you know, just a dehydration sort mm-hmm. of, you know, cramp um that you get like a spasm. Um, or it could be something more serious than that. And this is a guy that had, you know, hip surgery uh, a little while ago. So he's not um ever out of the woods with respect, you know, and we're also Look, everybody has something. We're in week 22, you know, and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of guys that probably, you know, are are hurt worse than we realize. And, you know, Cam Cam's one of those guys that's always trying to stretch and, and, and you know, get over some of the uh, the big hits that he takes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen. But, I, I again, we'll have to see on Friday if he comes out there and he's full or he comes out there at all. Um, that would be something to watch for sure because he's been really good. You know, they mm-hmm. um, they went to more two tight ends, uh, more seven-man, eight-man protection at times, and Cam's sort of been an outlet for Brady the way you would expect him to use a running back. And, you know, the running backs obviously here don't catch the ball all that well. So um, Cam's been very busy, had a touchdown against Green Bay. So, you know, they definitely need him. But on the whole – um, they're a pretty healthy football team. You know, I mean, they they could be a lot worse off like the Chiefs. I, I just, you know, as great as those weapons are, I just don't see how they don't dominate the line of scrimmage to where the Chiefs can't run the ball. Um, you know, Mahomes can't step up to throw it. Um, if he wins it, he's going to earn it because, and, and, you know, 
their offensive line coach should be the assistant coach of the year. <laughs> uh, seriously. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I remember when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, I can probably name like three guys that played and the rest of them, you know, two or three guys and the rest of them weren't very good. And I just remember Bill Muir, Bill Muir was the offensive line coach at the time. And, uh, after the game, Gruden went up to him and just said, man, he goes, you know, you're the best bleepity bleep, you know, in the league because he, he pulled out a Super Bowl with a bunch of guys similar to this that were, you know, backups and cast cast offs and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, they won a Super Bowl with him. Well, I mean, the trenches are still where the game's won. As much weapons as you can have on the outside, you know, it's the quarterback and the, the two lines. And we've talked about this for years in this podcast, which this podcast has been 18 years in the making, even though we've been on the air for four years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's right. <laughs> a Super Bowl preview. But, yeah. you know, we've talked about from drafting to the way to build a team is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still build out. it from the quarterback to the offensive line and defensive line. And then, you yeah. know, figure the rest out from there. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just I think the you know the Bucks defensive line should dominate in this game. It'll be interesting how Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid come up with a game plan, knowing that you know this is going to be one of the best defensive lines they face, and they're down several men now. So you know, how do they? Is it more quick screens and bubble screens and more misdirection in that way, trying to slow that line down? You know what? He's going to get the ball out of his hands fast, and yes. they've been doing that. If you look at the mm-hmm. the average length of, of pass that Mahomes has had in the air, it's gone way down with these offensive line injuries, and, and it probably is going to continue that way. the The question is going to be, you know, whether those defensive backs and or safeties that'll be helping out with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, if they can mm-hmm. keep them from getting down the field, because I don't think Mahomes is going to have much time to launch. I think he's going to have to get it out. But you know what? I mean, then it puts pressure on you to tackle because um, at the end of the day, he still has the arm that can throw it over your head. You can't you can't cheat too much. Um, and, you know, Mahomes is just crafty enough to buy time and, and, and find guys or lead guys to open spaces. And you better tackle because, you know, that's that's when Hill takes a, you know, a five-yard mm-hmm. pass that should maybe be a eight-yard completion and it becomes 25 and then the 25 becomes 660. Um, you know, that that's sort of the way they play the game. So, you know, if Mahomes wins, I think, I mean, for what he's got in front of him, obviously he's got two great weapons, really more than that. But if he wins this game, going on the road to a home stadium, you know, of his opponent in the, in the Super Bowl, um, you know, it will be his second world championship at, at age 25. And, you know, then you say, well, he's got a chance, you know, one day, maybe he is Tiger Woods and Tiger, by the way, has not caught Jack yet. Um, but you feel like, you know, he's, he's won multiple Super Bowls at that age. He's likely to win more, but if he doesn't win, I don't, I don't think he ever catches him. And I, and I really don't know that it's that fair because he's just starting his career. Um, you know, but look, it's unrealistic to think that anybody's going to win seven Super Bowls. In in my lifetime, anyway, well, I just don't. I think what makes it hard is how long are you going to play for? Exactly right. Because not many quarterbacks play to age forty three. No, and you know Tom went eight years without winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean they they lost a bunch of them in between there, yep. and 
Eight years is a career for most players. And he won three early in his career, three late in his career at New England, and went a long time in between with good teams and and went to a couple Super Bowls and AFC championships and lost them. I mean. Yeah. And didn't know he would get back. So to suggest that, you know, just because Mahomes is young, I thought one of the more interesting stats during the playoffs were that they put up how many years Drew Brees, you know, since 2006 has been with the Saints. And. Um, you know, just kind of went right on down the line. Um, you know, Matt Ryan has been a long time with the Atlanta Falcons, and it said NFC championships one for Drew Brees, one for Matt Ryan, one for, for Tom Aaron, Brady, one for Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and one for Aaron, yeah. And 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 they played you know thirteen, fourteen years in some instances. And he has as many NFC championships as they do. Well, that's just re- that was remarkable. the joke is, you know, since 1995, number of NFC championships for the Cowboys, one. For Tom Brady, one. How many years they've been in the NFC? The Cowboys, all of them. <laughs> Tom Brady, one. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely perfect so far. But, yeah, it's uh, a lot of losers lament with stuff like that. So um, the other thing that happened in practice, they uh, Bruce Arians turned on the noise. He had the the – big noisemakers out you know the uh the speakers and boom boxes and whatnot and that's because um he's hoping at least that mm-hmm. there will be a lot of tampa fans even though it's limited to about twenty five, thirty thousand. and if there are that's always tough on the defense who appreciates the energy but uh, might have trouble communicating because they've been playing in mostly empty stadiums mm-hmm. you know communication might be one of the reasons why they're playing so well is that nobody's you know not getting a signal which is all it takes on a defense so, um, got the crowd noise going, and do we know uh, if they're going to use the synthetic or fake crowd noise at the Super Bowl? I don't know. I mean, in the game, I, I imagine, itself I imagine or on the television? television might use it some if they, they will. if they feel I think they will. Yeah, I think TV probably will. The question is, will they do it in the stadium? I don't. I, I don't know. know if they will with with twenty five thousand in the house. I don't it's going to be pretty do. loud for twenty five thousand. Yeah. They'll be enthusiastic people too. Like even the. The few games I went to that were, you know, 15-8 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. those sounded like real games to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like a real game, but those people were loud when they needed to be loud, and they were quiet when they should be quiet. So um, I I think you'll feel some energy in that building. I really do. And, you know, for the nurses and the frontline workers that are fortunate to be there, um, it's a tremendous thing. They'll have their cameras. You'll see the flash bulbs still go off. you got the weekend playing at halftime. I mean... You know, there's a lot of good things about this Super Bowl, but um, it is different. I grant you that. It's definitely going to be different. So get ready. This segment is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call 1-888-MOFFITT, M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Also, uh, one of the things B.A. told me, uh, and, you know, it's funny because they don't have to, you know, tell you a lot. You, they can just say, here's the injury situation and, and drive his golf cart away. But I asked him about the scout squad, and obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of attention on Kelsey and a lot of attention on Tyree Kill. And so you need somebody to to simulate those guys against, you know, your defense or your offense, depending on what you're working. Um, and so they used uh, Cody uh, McElroy uh, as – as the tight end as Travis Kelsey and then Tyree kill was being played by Cyril Grayson, who is a all American sprinter at LSU. And, you know, I asked BA about it. He goes, well, he's a four, two, five guy. <laughs> like we went for the fastest cat we could find. 
um, to simulate uh, Hill, which is interesting. And uh, Cody McElroy is is interesting because you know how athletic Travis Kelsey is. Well, McElroy at, at several different colleges, he played college basketball, baseball, and football. It's incredible. So he's that kind of an athlete. So they got him uh, imitating Kelsey. By the way, did you know Kelsey is as old as Rob Gronkowski? They're yeah. both 31. Yeah, he went to my alma mater, Cincinnati. He's a Bearcat. I had no idea he was that old. And he went it's, to Cincinnati as a quarterback. He he came out late, right? He played like yeah. five years, yep. or he was a fifth-year senior. Yeah, because they, they switched his position there. He went to Cincinnati as a quarterback. Right. Wasn't right. going to play there, so they switched him to tight end. Right. And his brother Jason Kelsey is a center for the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah, yep. won a Super Bowl a while ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. they both have Super Bowls into their names. But yep. Pretty interesting. Yeah, um, you don't think of him as being old as Gronkowski. And if you start looking yeah. at some of his numbers, you start going, wow, he's – He's up there as one of the greatest tight ends. I mean, you know, the numbers mm-hmm. he's racking up of late has been incredible. Yeah. No, that's that's a great matchup, those two. There's a lot of good matchups in this game, man. I mean, I I keep thinking about what I would do, you know, if you're Byron Leftwich, and I think they're going to do what they've been doing, which is sort of more of a commitment to the running game. Um, I think you'll see playoff Lenny starting the game at, at tailback. We will see Ronald Jones, but if mm-hmm. not Leonard Fournette, but playoff Lenny shows up. That guy's a good player. Um, that'll be interesting because you'll see a lot of zone coverage by, um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. They do like to blitz a lot. But when when, when teams are going to do that, when they're going to sit back there, you should take advantage of them and run the ball. And I kind of think that's what, you know, the game plan would be. Um, they've obviously got a number of backs they can do it with. Um, but after Fournette, you know, Ronald Jones is sort of the forgotten man. I mean, he... Uh, obviously got the COVID, and then he went to Washington and had a quad strain. So he lost his job because of the production that Fournette had. But by the same token, this guy is still, I mean, he was a 900-yard rusher, you know, mm-hmm. and would have gone over 1,000 if not for the illness. And he, if you can get him into the second level now, this guy can hit a home run for you. And the fact is, is that, you know, they don't have a very good run defense in Kansas City. They're giving up about 120 yards a game, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do expect the Bucks to try to pound it, keep Mahomes on the sidelines. Now, you know, you, if you're no good at it and you're second and nine and going three and out all day, you're going to find yourself in a hole like you did the first time you played them. But um, I that's, think that's I, what I would do. I think that's the biggest key to this game. And you mm-hmm. and I talked about this off the air a couple days ago. Early in the game, the the, the – the Bucks are going to have the ball, and it's going to be third and long. Mm-hmm. Or let's say third and short. Third and one, It's going to be third, third and two. short. It's going to be third and two, third and three. Yep. Almost every time they go deep with that pass. Mm-hmm. If they hit it early, Watch they, they can do well in the game because they're going to keep Mahomes off the field. But if mm-hmm. you do a lot of three and outs early because you get that third and three, third and four, and you take that deep shot and, and Brady just misses it, which mm-hmm. there's been a few – the Saints game, that they got blown out at home. Yeah, they had some opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, he overthrew Gronk on the first drive, I believe, and he just missed another one. It was a mm-hmm. third and short, you know, and and they went for the big play instead of just getting the first down, which right. they like to do, and they do it often. Mm-hmm. If Brady hits a couple of those early, look out. If he doesn't, you're going to put Mahomes on the field often, and I I don't want to give them a lead. I mean, no. Mahomes seems to play better from behind than with the lead. He does. You know, and- I, I don't think you want to give them the lead. And then you're chasing the game. Right. And this, this game may come down to whoever has the ball last anyway. But if mm-hmm. you remember, the Bucks got down <clears throat> excuse me, seventeen yeah. to nothing 
and then they came back. They get the sack fumble with uh, you know Kansas City heading to go in, and it would have been twenty four to nothing. But you get the sack fumble. Next thing you know, you look up. There's four minutes to go, and it's a three point game. But the Bucks couldn't get the ball back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes was able to run out the clock. But that's how that's how well they played in the second half. And, and Arians and other coaches have said. When you talk about their turnaround, it didn't necessarily begin after the bye week. They'll tell you that it began sort of, you know, the second half, uh, you know, of the of the last game. So, you know, I just, I, I just feel like the Bucks have more weapons, you know, like more options for Brady mm-hmm. if they can protect them, and. Well, and, you know, and they he, avoid the drops. That's the other they, part. They yeah, got. the drop passes are an issue. You know, they have been. They can't. I can't explain it. You can't anticipate them. But if they can, if they can just execute with the guys that they have, um, you know, I would be interested to see. Now, Sammy Watkins may play. They've got other receivers, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the two you got to worry about are obviously Kelsey and Hill. I just think that if you do a decent job on one of those guys, you know, um, and not let the other one take you take the head off. That that they just they seem like you're going to score more points. You you, you know it's going to be a high scoring game, I would think. Um, but you got a lot of playmakers on defense, a confident secondary right now. The way Sean Murphy Bunting and those guys are playing, they're not going to let Hill go out there and get 200 in the first quarter on them. They're just not. And you know the officials may let him play. Trouble with trying to play Hill is that if you try to bump him, he's too quick. And then if you, you miss bet, a tackle, you better bump him. I mean, if you're yeah, trying, you better. You miss Otherwise, him if you're you, gone. Yeah, he's gone. And and you know, even if they throw you know something short, a bubble screen, or if you're playing off, you miss a tackle, and you, he could he could go sixty yards. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just how how quick he is. So, um, a lot of pressure on those corners in this game. And I think they played really really well. Blake, you know, one of the guys they didn't have when they played Kansas City is Jamel Dean, and he may be their fastest corner. Um, he's also long and he's, you know, made big plays against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So between him and Vita Vea, who didn't play against the Chiefs, I think those are two really big additions to their defense. And, you know, you just, if you're them, you hope you don't get off to a slow start. Certainly you don't want to trail 17 to nothing or you might as well, you know, warm up the airplane for Kansas City. So, um, although you've I, got a quarterback that's come back from more than that before at the well, Super Bowl, yeah, <laughs> against the, against Atlanta Falcons who didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I don't I don't think Andy Reid will blow this game, but you know, and, and look, what they're trying to do. We talk about how hard this is for the Bucks and Brady the first year. It's hard to go back and back, back to back, man. It just mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of back to back champions for a reason. The last one was Tom Brady back what in oh three oh four oh three oh four. I mean, as a dec- it was you know centuries ago. It seems like so. Um, there will be pressure on both sides. It's going to be a great game, I think. And I just hope the weather, you know, I guess it looks like it's going to be 30% chance of rain at kickoff going down below that about in the 60s, which should be comfortable for the fans. Um, but you just don't want to see a sloppy rain game, you know. Uh, those The, Buc- the Bucks have enough problems with drop balls. You don't want it to be wet and cause exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuradaStayK.com. All right, Herbie Tiope joins us now from the Kansas City Star, my counterpart in the pool reporting nightmare that is going on with the two of us, but uh, more on that later. Hey, Herbie, uh, th- this is a big game. It's unusual. You know, I'm here in Tampa Bay, and uh, I can tell you that it, it, it may look aesthetically a little like a Super Bowl or maybe a lot like a Super Bowl when you see the stadium, you see the downtown 
uh, lit up the way it is, even some things on the waterfront. But clearly, um, for the Chiefs, who are still back in Kansas City and won't be arriving until sometime Saturday, um, this is taken on, I would imagine, uh, you know, other than the, the Zoom calls and media responsibilities, just sort of a, a of another game feel, right? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely correct, Rick. And first off, Rick and Steve, thanks for having me. One of the things about it is, you know, obviously last year when the Chiefs played in Miami, they had to get out there a week early, kind of like the others, the 49ers, had to get out there a week early, and then your, their entire system and their routine was thrown off schedule. But the ability to stay home, and also for the Buccaneers, because that is their home, but, you know, for the Chiefs to be able to practice and sleep in their own beds, and, you know, it's the same routine. And then Andy Reid is a creature of habit, and I know he's loving it. Like yesterday, when I on Wednesday, when I asked him about, you know, some of the benefits of not traveling to a host city, he was like, hey, it's, it's all about familiarity. And he's, he's right. And I think that's, that's for them because they're used to this routine because of COVID. Remember, um, the NFL – now has teams flying in late, and that's basically what they're doing here in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs are taking advantage of that. Speaking of COVID, <laughs> um, you guys had a pretty interesting story out there involving uh, the barber, and, and uh, I guess they avoided what what may have been uh, more potential spread or at least tracing that would have occurred. So um, just just kind of give us the, the brief synopsis of that and, and, and just, you know, what, what the reaction was by the organization and sort of the fans when, when that story came to light. I think when the story came to light, everybody was, everybody was pretty much like, thank goodness Patrick Mahomes was not first in line because he was actually <laughs> scheduled to get a haircut. It was a barber. Yeah, and the barber was going through the protocols just like you and I do, Rick. You know, you have to go yeah. in there and get tested five straight days uh, yep. before you're even allowed into the facility. And so this guy's in the facility, and apparently, you know, he took his test, and then they allowed him in, and then all of a sudden the test came back negative. And, and at this mm. point, he had already cut Demarcus Robinson and Derek Kilgore, or excuse me, Daniel Kilgore, their, their reserve center. Yeah. And at that point, they were like, uh-oh, we got a problem here, so – Demarcus Robinson, Daniel Kilgore to the COVID reserve COVID nineteen list. But yeah, you're right. They dodged a massive bullet there because he was on schedule to, to cut, I believe, twenty players, their hair at least. And Patrick Mahomes was on that list. So thankfully for the Chiefs and probably even, you know, every Chiefs fan out there with the collective sigh of relief, Mahomes wasn't first in line. Yeah, no doubt. And Probably the only time he's not first in line in Kansas City when he wants to be. But, um, you know, listen, it's been a, another amazing year uh, by uh, Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, I know this this whole Super Bowl has sort of been built a little bit as, for lack of a better terms, the, the goat against the kid or, um, you know, who's the guy that's going to be the next Brady, uh, so to speak. But, look, Patrick Mahomes uh, is great among, you know, for himself and for what he's already accomplished at such a young age. But I'm wondering, you know, it's been a long time. I mean, since the Patriots did it uh, many, many years ago that a team has gone back to back. Does that bring its own set of circumstances and pressures? In other words, you're never the same team, right? People have to understand that each year is different. And yet here they are, despite a bunch of injuries we'll get into in a minute. And, you know, in some ways, this is this is maybe a harder accomplishment than winning it the first time. Yeah, and you're correct in so many respects because you get, people seem to always forget there was no OTA, there was no mandatory minicamp. Training camp alone was abbreviated, but I think in a way it, it helped them. You know, you make the point that 
teams are different year to year. But when you look at this Chiefs roster, it's basically the same roster as the one that went to the Super Bowl last year. They are relatively right. intact at all the mm-hmm. skill positions, with the exception of potentially the offensive line, where you mentioned all the injuries. We'll get into that, you know, shortly. But other than that, you know, it's still almost the same team. They didn't have any turnover in the coaching staff. And so what Brett Zeke, their general manager, was able to do was just to add maybe one or two pieces in the draft, one or two pieces during through free agency. But, you know, this team sets up well because while other teams struggled with COVID because they didn't have the ability to build that cohesion or that chemistry during the offseason, this team was able to hit the ground and pick up the pieces where they left off after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and those relationships are important. That's one thing that people don't realize about the Bucks. that even though you know Tom Brady now has been here since last March, he still hasn't really spent any time with many of his teammates, virtually none of them on defense, I can tell you that, and, um, and then no time you know with them outside of the facility. So it's been an unusual year there if you don't have any kind of continuity. Um, the, the one area that, and I think it's going to be a factor in this game, we don't know how much we'll have to see you know on Sunday, but – Clearly, the the Chiefs' offensive line has been decimated by injuries. Um, even uh, you know, with Mike Rembers now having having to move, um, you know, to the other side of the offensive line. I mean, just how concerning is that, right? Because they they have they have managed to function. Look, I I give them a ton of credit. It's hard to find five great offensive linemen, much less ten. Um, but somehow they're getting it done. And how are they getting it done? You know, <laughs> that's a fair question because sometimes I watch the games like, how are these guys doing this? You got to, yeah. you know, they're going into this game without their two best offensive linemen. Eric Fisher, their left tackle, suffered a, a, right. a torn Achilles tendon in the AAC championship, and they've been without all pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz since week six, who remains on injured reserve with a back injury. And then they've been able to piece this thing together. You know, I mentioned earlier about how Brett Veach has been able to bring in people off the streets, uh, you know, key signings. Mike Remmers was definitely one of them. You know, signed him to a one-year deal during the offseason, and he, he he filled in at right tackle. You know, he's a versatile guy, and now he's going to shift over to, to left tackle to take Fisher's place. What's probably going to end up happening here on that offensive line, you know, if the AFC Championship game provides any sort of hint, it's probably going to be Andrew Wiley kicking out from right guard to right tackle, and then Stefan Wisniewski, who's now gunning for his third Super Bowl ring in four seasons because, you know, he was mm. on the Chiefs team that won it last year. He was on the Eagles squad that won it a couple seasons right. ago. He's probably going to be your right guard. Wow, that's that's a lot of adjustments, obviously. But you know what? If they can protect Patrick and he can extend plays himself, we've all seen that. Nothing's changed with having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. You watch them week to week. Everybody tries to slow these guys down. You can't stop them completely. It's a pick-your-poison type situation. I know when the Bucks played the Chiefs the first time, I think they were more concerned with Kelsey, and then we saw Hill just obliterate them in the first quarter, really, for the whole game. Um, so, I mean, what are what are the Chief, what, what can the Chiefs expect? I mean, they got to believe that Todd Bowles is going to come with a little different plan, but we know that he's also uh, likes to bring pre- pressure packages. I mean, how different do you think this game may look for the Chiefs than, than the first one did? You know, I think if anything, knowing the offensive line, and I agree with you, this game arguably will be determined between the Chiefs' offensive line's ability to handle the Buccaneers' front seven. The front four alone is stout. And, you know, the Chiefs were lucky. They didn't get to face Vita Vea in Week 12, and you got him back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that just adds a whole new different set of problems because Indama can sue and Vea can, can, 
make that pressure up the middle. You got JPP going up against Mike Remmers. He knows who he is by now. Uh, right, and, and right. And obviously, you know, he's, he's a stud in his own. Devin White, goodness gracious, you just keep throwing names out there, and these guys can bring the heat. So whether this, this Chiefs offensive line, this retooled, reshuffled offensive line can handle the pressure is going to be essential to Patrick Mahomes' success. He was sacked, I believe, twice and hit seven times in Week 12, so the Bucks were able to get with him when the Chiefs had a relatively healthy offensive line. But this time, you know, they, they have to know that Todd Bowles is coming after him. They have to know. I'm curious for Kansas City fans, you know, they remember, of course, uh, what was it, probably like three years ago when, when uh, the Patriots went into Kansas City, I guess, and, and they won the overtime game. Basically, Mahomes could be going for his third Super Bowl without, without a coin flip. But I would think in the AFC there's got to be some Tom Brady fatigue. What, what are people thinking in Kansas City when they watch the 43-year-old leave New England after 20 years and come to Tampa Bay? I will say when, when the Chiefs beat them last December um, – that during the 2019 season, there was like, oh, you know, the torch might have finally been passed. And then when Tom Brady left the AFC, I know there were a lot of Chiefs fans in the Kansas City area who were ecstatic because it was like it always seemed to, to, to be that way. If the Chiefs were going to get to the Super Bowl, it had to go through the Brady-led Patriots. But now it's, it's the Chiefs and it seems like everyone else. But I think this game here, if Patrick Mahomes is able and the Chiefs are able to beat Brady and the Bucks, you know, the torch just – no doubt about it, the torch has been passed. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a fascinating matchup, one of the best quarterback matchups of all time, uh, and uh, really just uh, two two outstanding teams. And we didn't have the, the buildup. We didn't get to party. We didn't get to do all that stuff, but we'll have a big game Sunday in Tampa. Hopefully the rain will stay away, and we'll look forward to, to seeing you and, uh, and reading Herbie Tiope in the Kansas City Star. Thanks so much, Herbie. Hey, Rick, thanks a lot for having me. This segment is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. You know, Breitling Boutique is an international plaza. It's just one of only 15 in the United States. They've welcomed championship quarterbacks, Hall of Famers, and championship boxers as clients. But they treat everyone the same, and they'll treat you like a star when you come in, too. Tell them Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful Breitling watches. Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. All right, so now it's time for the all-important what are our call, what are our predictions. Um, Steve, I'll let you go first. I I think the Chiefs are the better overall team. I think of just, you know, the season they've had and, and really what is it? They've won, lost one game in a season and a half, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think Andy Reid's a phenomenal coach. Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. But I still go back to it's the line of scrimmage that dominates games and that's you can t- you can beat a better team if you can dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think the Chiefs offensive line with the the injuries they've had and and the how they're going to rearrange the line now and and knowing the Bucks pass rush, you've got four really good ones and then you've you know got linebackers like David and Devin White behind him uh that can blitz at times although you're not going mm-hmm. to you don't want to blitz too much although no you want to stay close for his scrambling. Mm-hmm. I still go back to the offensive lines and the defensive lines, and I think the Bucks are in better shape. Um, I, I don't think Kansas City's got a great run defense. I think the Bucks' offensive lines played better than I thought they would this whole season for the most part. Tristan Wirfs has been a, a beast. Phenomenal, yeah. Donovan Smith's been much better in the playoffs than he was in the regular mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali Marpet's good. Jensen's good. I mean, you still got questions with Stinney at right guard, but 
I still like the matchups in the trenches to favor the Buccaneers, and because of that, I I, I think the Buccaneers win this game. Yeah, and, and listen, I I don't disagree with very much of anything you've said there. Um, I would think that the Bucks Achilles heel, and even though they're playing better of late, is the secondary. Um, mm-hmm. It's one thing if you're going to lock down, you know, Michael Thomas who didn't play very much, and Drew Brees who can't throw the ball vertically. Uh, they, you know, if you re- look back to the Green Bay game, Carlton Davis gave up two t- touchdown passes against the Packers, and they that helped get them back in the game. Um, so, you know, those are still young guys back there. And even though Sean Murphy Bunting has, you know, three interceptions in three games against the quality of receivers that they have on Kansas city, I could definitely see them, you know, getting in trouble. Um, uh, the only thing that changes that of course is the pass rush, which I have a lot of confidence in. So the combination of good pass rush and good, good coverage will, will win a lot of games. I just don't know that those guys are in the league of, 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 of Tariq Hill. I just I don't see that. And Patrick Mahomes has a way of setting you up and looking you off and throwing back across the field and doing unconventional things that your rules really don't apply. You know what I mean? Like you can't account for some of the throws that he makes. And um, and this won't really please anybody, but it pro- should please Buck fans for that reason, I'm going to say Kansas City wins. Now, I'm doing this, ladies and gentlemen, because I picked um, the Saints to win. So this is a public and, service, you're saying? And I picked the Packers. <laughs> yes, I am benevolent. I am benevolently <laughs> not picking the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. So might as well just you know make your party plans now because you know I don't know whether it's down Bay Shore or at Raymond James. I wonder if they would do a um, some kind of a parade for these guys. You can't. It would probably be something similar to what the uh, what the Lightning did. I would think. Yeah, I mean, you could do the boat parade, know. and then they took those open air trolleys, right? You know, like from the, the water to, the to Ray J and that, and, and there were people lined up for those. So you could do something like right. that, I'm sure. Or um, yeah, the other thing I'll say about the game too is is if the Bucks get a lead, you got to keep pushing. If you remember yes. last season, particularly in the playoffs. What the Chiefs were down ten points to every team in the playoffs. Yeah, every team they were down twenty one. I mean, they in one were case. they were down what ten late to the Niners. I mean, it was like six yes. minutes to go when they win that one by ten or twelve points or whatever it was. The, the I mean, Niners was, were celebrating on the sideline and yeah. they came back. On yeah, them. yeah. Um, that you can't you can't let up until that clock reads three no. zeros after the fourth quarter's over. No, against that against Mahomes and that team and that that offense because they have the playmakers that can strike quick. Is if you get a lead, you can't take your foot off the gas. You can't. You've mm. got to keep attacking, and you've got to be smart about it. But you got to. You can't just say, "Hey, we're just going to settle for punts," because we've got a right. lead now, and and our defense is. Good. You, you can't. You can't rest on that. You've got to keep pushing for four full quarters, and, yeah, and, and how, maybe however, more if it goes to overtime. But right. However, they get there. The winner is going to score well over thirty points. However, however, they, yes. whether it's a defensive touchdowns in there or not, whoever both, wins both teams game, might score over thirty. I mean, and they both could. It could be a thirty-five, thirty-one game type thing, mm-hmm. um, which would be entertaining as hell. But, um, but I, you know, be nerve wracking for a lot of our fans. Oh, but, jeez, <laughs> listen it, for what I do, and nobody cares, right? But for what I do, which is journalism and filing stuff, we'll- even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We call on deadline, which means that you, you know, when the game is over, when they, the horn sounds and they go to you know, midfield to greet each other, your story has to be done and being punched or being, you know, sent the way you send email back to the newspaper. And the reality is, is that so many of these Super Bowls literally come down to the last play. I mean, you know, the one in uh, that Seattle had when Beast Mode is on the one-yard line, second and goal, mm-hmm. and they lose their minds, and Daryl yep. Bevel has him throw a pass that's intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Is it, and, isn't it Tom Brady, every one of his Super Bowls has been a score? Yeah. a score, I think. Some or maybe there's been thing. one that hasn't, but it's been... Yeah, you know, almost every one of them comes down to the end. I mean, yeah. So you know, the Kevin Dyson being tackled at the one yard line against the Rams, mm-hmm. the you know those kind of things where you can't write the story. No, and Atlanta, you know, is twenty eight to three, yep. and I got Atlanta winning big. This is the end. I had my whole lead all planned out. There was a pick six, and Brady was laying on the ground and he was flailing at this guy's legs as he whipped by him right on his way to the end zone, and I was like, this is how you know the dynasty in this is how you take the crown off the champion's head you know all this stuff and damned if he didn't and he started to come back and i went okay so now i got a story where atlanta wins but there was a little bit of a comeback but it's still not good enough and then all of a sudden it's like holy crap you better finish this deal man i'm on my third story and it's the best one guys setting you know an nfl record for comebacks um and so you know there's just been a lot of close super bowls i mean super bowls tend to be like this recently for a while they were lopsided but um this is good this is going to be a great one like i i'm not having to pay you know to see the game because i have a credential obviously but if i if i wasn't going i would definitely consider giving up some money for this game to go see it i really would with these two offenses yeah this is gonna this should be a fun one i mean this is the fact this isn't like a team that dominates with defense and you're expecting it to be 17 to 10 right right you know know, it could be be you never know but well, it's going to be wide open. Yeah. But, you know, you've also got two quarterbacks that have been here before. Mm-hmm. A lot of their weapons have been here before. I mean, Antonio Brown's been to a Super Bowl. Gronkowski's right. been to a Super Bowl. Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. On, on the defensive side, I mean, you've got mm-hmm. enough there. But the, and the Chiefs are back for a second year with almost their full roster intact. Almost the whole thing. with some yeah. injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it's – some and, and this year it may not even feel quite like a Super Bowl with the Chiefs coming mm-hmm. in the day before and the Bucks have been – you know, practicing at home and spending the, the nights in their own beds this week. And you don't have, you know, I mean, there's a lot of activities going around on t- around town, but you don't have, you didn't have the big media day where you're, you know, in a, no. in a in Amelie Arena with 15,000 people and, and and everything. You know, you're sitting there on a Zoom call by yourself um, answering questions. But, uh, you know, all that all that stuff that goes into a Super Bowl may not even feel quite as much the same this year. No, I don't feel like a road game for them, and and I don't know if that hurts or helps them, but um, I know it helps the Bucks to be home. It just does. You sleep mm-hmm. in your own bed, and you know they'll do what they usually do on Saturday night and go to a hotel as a team, um, and then go play the game on Sunday. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's remarkable they've made it through a whole season, and we were still seventy two less than seventy two hours away or whatever. But 
as we do this podcast, but I, I I'm still amazed. I'm amazed that um, that we've come to this point and. Well, let's just make sure that uh, none of the Bucks get their haircuts in this weekend. I know. Wasn't that crazy, that story? Even though the guy was routinely tested, but he'd already started cutting hair when they were like, whoops, take him off. He's got a positive. So, um, yeah, Super Bowl week. I know you want to look tight and all that for your interviews, but you probably should have got it done a week ago. This is not the week to get your hair cut necessarily, but. Well, but if it, if that's your routine, I mean, it's, you know, it's possible these players get their haircuts every week by. and it's just part yeah. of their, it's their routine. I mean, it's. And they've made this guy a part of the testing program, so he yeah. gets routinely tested. It's just that that one day, somebody said to me about how, well, one person, they, they, you know, one day they weren't COVID positive, the next day they were. Well, that's, yeah, that's how it works, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, they're not um, in a bubble, so he's interacting, you know. I don't know what he does outside of, you know, being at the facility, but right. all these players go home at the end of the day. They all they all have lives outside. I mean, they, they ask you to pretty much restrict yourself, but mm-hmm. at the end of, you know, your neighbors can come over your whatever. I mean, it's, you know, that's what, that's why they test you every day. Um, yeah, they would, need, the they would need to test you every day if you were locked up in a, in a bubble. That's right. One day you might be and the, the, the bucks have a ton of families that have been coming in. Um, mm-hmm. and they've all had to go get tested because it can't be around the athletes. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, the Super Bowl like no other, man, but hey, I can't wait. I really can. I think it's going to be one of the epic ones, and we will bring it all to you in our reaction at, what, 4 in the morning on Sunday? <laughs> um, like yeah, I'll probably one take Monday a nap, morning. and then you'll call me when it's time to tape. So, Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's going to be so late. It's just going to be so late. Yeah, this is going to be the latest one I think we may have ever done. So, Oh, my goodness. But at least I don't have to get on a plane the next day, so that's a good thing. I do remember a late one. Seattle? No, it was one. No, it was uh, you were in Hawaii. Oh right, Jameis. There was Jameis news. The suspension. Jameis' suspension. And I was in Dallas for the NHL Mm -hmm. draft. Yeah. And so I had all the do whatever we had to do that night. So I didn't get back to the hotel room till late. And you were in Hawaii, think, so it wasn't too bad for you, but it was... But it was like 11, it was like 10.30 or 11 out my way, yeah, I think. Yeah, it yeah. was like 2 or 3 in the morning mm-hmm. in Dallas, I think it was, when we were taping. So that right. may, I think that may rival the latest one. But this year, I had a, this year probably will, for sure. I, I had a story written that day uh, about, because I knew had some insider stuff about Jameis you know, getting suspended. I thought it would be three games. And I told my wife, because we were going to Hawaii, we were connecting from... We went from here to Atlanta, Atlanta to... No, San Francisco. I'm sorry. We went from here to San Francisco or Atlanta? I think it was San Francisco. Yeah, we left San Francisco. That was it. And we were going to fly over the ocean. And the only place that I wouldn't have internet, of course, would be the Pacific. And wouldn't you know, I told her three months before. Oh, you you and I had talked about it for weeks leading into that trip off the air. You know when this is coming down? (laughs) It's coming down the day I leave. And I'll tell you when it's coming down, when I'm over the ocean. (laughs) And I swear to you. That the plane is taxiing down the runway at San Francisco, and we had a delay, which saved us. Yeah, and it was basically um, me calling the desk and telling them to punch the story that I had written and fiddling in some details. But we were almost wheels up um, as they were finishing that story. So I remember that one. Yeah, it was a crazy <laughs> story, it really was. So anyway, hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, the podcast. Got some knowledge from the Chiefs as well. Uh, we will be talking to you uh, from, I guess, Raymond James. I don't know. You, you could do it there. Or you could go home. home first. It doesn't matter. 
It really doesn't matter at 5 a.m. Um, but yeah, we will be talking to you. If it's a couple this. minutes late that morning when you wake up, it's not there. You'll understand. But we'll get it yeah. to you as soon as we can. I know the guy in Las Vegas will be screaming, though, whoever he is. Well, maybe. luckily, maybe. I mean, he probably downloads a little later. I mean, yeah, maybe. You know, if he's he getting up at five, if he's getting up out. five at his time. That's eight here. We'll be by eight. It'll be up for sure. So. Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. So, Craig, don't well, worry. We'll have your podcast Monday morning. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Super Bowl Fifty Five uh, for the Bucks fans. I hope you enjoyed this season. It's been a hell of a ride, win or lose. And um, that's that's the yeah. other thing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Is regardless of what happens Sunday, what a remarkable season this has been for Bucks fans. What a sports year. I mean, well, you really Tampa, you know, Tampa fans, that's even a bigger picture. But for the, yeah. for the Bucks, it's been 13 years since you made the playoffs. Right. You're the the worst what franchise in the big four sports North, in American North history. North America's, yeah. Or at least of the Three, current eight, teams, seven. Uh, you know, winning yeah. percentage-wise. And you got the right. GOAT to come here. Mm-hmm. And he's brought his, a lot of his friends with him. Yeah, he did. And turned a team to a Super Bowl, not just a contender, but in the Super Bowl in his first year. This mm-hmm. has been a remarkable season. And, and unexpected. I mean, you know, a year ago, would, would you have said Tom Brady would be here and the Bucks would be in the Super Bowl? No. I mean, it was like, well, Teddy Bridgewater's an option. Uh, well, we know. thought Jameis had a chance to come well, back. Jameis, Jameis had a chance to be back, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you were talking Teddy Bridgewater. Phillip or would Philip Rivers be? You know, could you get him? Yep. You know, it was. You know, I mean, Tom Brady. Everyone knew was a free agent, but who thought he was going to Tampa Bay? This is. I mean, March seventeenth. I'm sure many Bucks fans do appreciate what this season has been, and, and you know, hopefully they're celebrating a victory on Sunday night. I mean, that would be the ultimate cap to the season. But even if they're if if they fall a little short. You know, what a remarkable season. And you've got Tom Brady under contract for next season. And, you know, it it looks so bright. But, I mean, a year ago, could you have predicted, well, first of all, anything going on in the world, but let alone the mm. Bucks in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady as the quarterback? No, it's tremendous. And, uh, you know, they just got to finish the deal. And, you know, the last time they made a Super Bowl, they did. So you don't get to this game and lose it. That's a, that's a horrible feeling. Tom has lost it a number of times. Three times, in fact, out of nine trips, so it can happen. But anyway, um, I'm going to get some rest. You're going to get some rest, and we hope you guys join us on Monday. Good luck to the Bucks fans. I'm sorry I picked against your team. I actually did it for you. Do not write me. Do not at <laughs> don't, me. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't at me. Understand the method to my madness here since uh, I've been wrong. You could just move to Kansas Washington City, game. Rick. I know, right? I'm not. He is not my Mahomey. I just want you to know this. Um, but are you, are you getting the Mahomes rate in your insurance? Is that why you picked him? No, there is no Mahomes. Everybody gets the same rate. You, you're just like Aaron Rodgers. You don't get it. Jake from State Farm has been trying to explain it for months, and neither one of those guys, you know, for as bright a quarterbacks as they are, they should get that. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Super Bowl weekend, everybody.